Welcome to Looking Beyond, the podcast that looks at issues that surround our church and state. I'm Darren Eric Strobel, the host, um, author of American Faith, and a blogger of civicsandfaith.wordpress.com. Welcome to this episode, and I want to take a look at, uh, in this episode specifically, voting, and not just voting, but voting as a Christian. And that is somewhat a tough thing to sell in today's um, world of hyper-division, of hyper-this, political system, hyper-whatever. We have made our system in America, and it's not through anybody's singular fault, but it has happened that we have now have... uh, right and left, who are so entrenched in ideological fashion that um, anything that comes their way, they immediately politicize it. And unfortunately, Christianity has been politicized to a very strong extent that if you don't believe a certain way, then you really can't be a Christian. And I don't believe that is exactly how Christ wants it. The only thing that Christ has said to qualify as a Christian is to be baptized and believe. If you are a baptized Christian and you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, bam, you're a Christian. Seriously, that is all it takes to be a Christian. There is no grand hazing um, ritual that you... Uh, get to to get into a the organization. There is no membership fee. There is no membership uh, ceremony. Well, baptism is a membership ter- uh, ceremony, but there's nothing where you have to um, be grand about it. You can be baptized in private and still, still be a Christian. Those are the only two requirements to become a Christian. Nowhere does it say if you're part of the rich and you are baptized you and believe you are a Christian. Nowhere in the Bible does it say if you are poor and are baptized and believe that you are a Christian. Nowhere does it say if you're a Jew or if you're a Greek or if you're anything. All you have to do is believe and be baptized and you shall be saved. Now... The other aspect I want to take a look at here is voting as a Christian, but voting. There is only one requirement that the United States Constitution has put on us as citizens of the United States is to vote. That is our civic responsibility. We are in charge of the government. If we don't like the decisions that the Congress and the president are making, we can vote them out of office. That is how it works. We don't take direction from them. They have to take direction from us. And that is the crux of the matter. Right there, alone. The Constitution sets us up, the citizens of the United States of America, as the bosses. And that power to change the government 
is not in the hands of the president, is not in the hands of the House of Representatives, is not in the hands of the Senate, and it is not in the hands of the Supreme Court. The ability to change the government comes from the United States people. And I want you to think about this. People talk about term limits. It's already built into the Constitution. Every two years, we vote for every single House in the House of Representatives. Now, yeah, we like to vote for our incumbents because they're known and we don't want to think about what we need to do to um, change that direction. We are comfortable with that direction. Doesn't matter if they're corrupt. Doesn't matter if they're caught in a sex scandal. Doesn't matter if they bully people. If they're doing a good job like we want, like we see, then we, the constituents in that district, in that state, will reelect them as incumbents. And that is the sad part of our country. Um, we say we want term limits. We already have it built in. So every two years, we vote for a completely different house if we want it. Now, think about that. If everybody in America chose to not vote for the incumbent, but the person from the opposition, man, can you imagine the direction this country would be in? Now, in the Senate, they serve a term of six years. So every six years, a senator's seat comes up for election. But a third of the Senate is elected every two years. And so not only every two years do we vote on every single house in the House of Representatives, but we also vote on a third of the Senate. So that is a major change in government if we chose to vote for somebody other than the incumbent. Think about that. What kind of change that would look like? Now, every four years, we elect a president. Now, he has term limits. He's uh, settled for two years, but that's because we want to keep with that spirit of George Washington, who only served two terms, and we only want to keep in the spirit that this is not going to turn into a lifetime appointment. The lifetime appointment is the Supreme Court, and I, that's for another time, and I talked a little about, bit about that in my last podcast. But I want you to understand that we have it within our power to change the course because of the years of service that these representatives, these senators serve in our Congress. We as a people forget that we are the ones with the power, not them. Like I said... If I, as a constituent, do not like how my representative is representing me, then I can vote him out. I can vote against him. And if there's enough of us to vote against him, we can vote him out. I want you to think about that. So how does this look like? Because let me throw in the Christian aspect here. Because in today's world, we have Christians 
Christian leaders who are going out of their way to endorse candidates for office, saying this is a Christian man, this is a Christian person. We have Christian leaders preaching from the pulpit, not the good news of Jesus Christ or Lord, but the good news of the Democrat or Republican Party. They're promoting ideological stances from the pulpit, which they really shouldn't do. We have we have pastors who are writing political books, which they really shouldn't. And I'm going to tell you what this is about. It is about an agenda. It is about an ideology. It is not about the gospel. It is about power, and it is about wealth. Because these pastors who are doing this also happen to be very wealthy. They also happen to have a power of position. They say they have the ear of the congressman. Therefore, they can influence the congressman or senator or even the president to vote the right way. Well, if I don't want the president to vote that way or the uh, congressman or the senator to vote that way, then that's infringing on my rights as well. And I want you to think about that just for a second. But Jesus himself appeared to many people. He appeared to the Romans. He worked with the Romans. He healed a Roman legionnaire's uh, daughter. He, he healed people who were not Jewish and got flack for it. Shouldn't you be doing this for the Jews? And he fed people who were not Jewish. And that is where we need to be as Christians. We need to be there saying, okay, I want you to understand this, that within my Christian faith, I know that I'm going to vote a certain way. Now, is it is it the right way? No, because we live in a democracy. We have a voice. We are voting our voice. We're saying, I want it to go in this direction. And if that isn't the direction that people want, then I, as a Christian, need to understand and realize that, hey, I need to... Uh, go along with the results and say, hey, this is my country. This is how they decided to go. I will follow that direction. That's exactly how it should be. But it isn't. Because like I said, we have pastors who say you only vote for a certain candidate and you vote this way and that way. And I just got one thing I want to mention. Since the beginning of, since the beginning of this country... We have had every single president but one claim to be a Christian. Now, you're probably saying, oh, that one was probably Barack Obama. Nope. That one that did not claim to be a Christian was Thomas Jefferson. Matter of fact, he claimed to be an atheist. And there's documentation to prove that. If you don't believe me, look it up. Do some digging. Find the truth for yourself. And that's what I really want you to do, is find the truth for yourself. So Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, claimed to be an atheist. He said, I do not believe in the God of the Bible, but I do believe there is a supreme being. I want you to get that stuck in your head. Because we have had, since the beginning of this country, every single president but one claimed to be a Christian. 
every single person who has served on the House of Representatives until about maybe uh, four or uh, ten years ago has claimed to be a Christian. Every senator that has sat in the Senate has claimed to be a Christian. The overwhelming majority of people who have held office in our country has claimed to be a Christian. So when I hear people saying, well, we got to vote Christian to get our country back on track, we have always been voting for Christians. This is the result of our just voting for Christians. Think about it. Let that sink in. Because the people who are saying that so-and-so is not Christian is playing God. That judgment of who is a Christian and who isn't is God's judgment over my soul. I claim to be a Christian. I believe I'm a Christian. I'm baptized. I believe, therefore I'm saved, right? That's how it works. Now, who holds judgment over my soul? Who has the right to say I'm not a Christian? God. I don't have a right to call anybody else a non-Christian. If they don't act like a Christian, if they don't talk like a Christian, then I'm going to sit there and question and say, well, you say you're a Christian, but can you show to me that you have done something that makes it look like you're a Christian, or are you using Christianity as a front just to get votes? That's the other thing I want you to think of, because some people are using the term Christianity just to get votes. I will say it again. There are politicians out there who are just using the term Christianity to get votes. They could care less about your spiritual salvation. All they want is a vote from you. Okay, I got a little heavy-handed there, but that needs to be done. So, with all this that I'm saying, how is it that you vote, Darren? How do you vote as a Christian? Because you can't believe everybody. No, you cannot. You can't believe in the party. You cannot. No party is definitely God's party. There is no party that should be touting that. You shouldn't be listening to pastors who endorse candidates because they're just after power and wealth and nothing else. Uh, They're like the Pharisees and Sadducees of Jesus' day. You need to really sit down and do your own homework because I'm going to start off with how I look at voting as a Christian. I do my own homework. I do not let anybody else tell me how I should vote. I may discuss issues, I may discuss things with people, but nobody, nobody tells me how I should vote. Anybody who comes up to me and says, Darren, you should vote this way or that way, I'll make a look at them and say, that's my decision, not yours. I decide how I should vote. And I try not to, and I'm not perfect in this, and I try not to bring that impression when people talk to me about politics. I don't tell them that. It's got to be this way or that way. I present something and I say, hey, think about it in these terms. If you're thinking about it in this way, I'm going to show up the opposite just so you can understand those terms. And that's where I start. I have the right to vote. I have the power of voting. 
Now, do I vote apart, uh, along party lines? I'll make a confession. I do. I do. But I do not stick with it. Okay? This is how I, this is how I go about every election. If there is people running for office, I will look at the major offices. I will go to the websites of the candidates. And I will see what the candidates are saying about themselves, saying where they stand. This is what I want to see changed in America. This is what I want to see stay the same. This is what I want to see the course to be taken. And I look at that on both the Democrat and Republican side, especially if there's a huge number of people running in one party. For example, this year, the Democrats had a lot of people running for president of the United States. So I picked about three, four candidates that I didn't know. I did some research on them, and I looked into what they were about. Some of the other candidates I did know about, I didn't do any further research because I knew where they stood on the issues. And I based my primary vote, because I do vote in primaries, I based my primary vote on a choice of one, two, or three. I will always have a first choice, okay? And then I will then hold on to that first choice. If that first choice is no longer there when I am ready to vote, then I'll go on to my second choice or even if I have to, my third choice. But I look at the websites. I don't look at the commercials. Matter of fact, I turn off the commercials when they come on TV, I don't look at flyers that are stuffed in my mailbox because all that is is junk mail. I don't do that. I don't look at lawn signs. I don't get into the whole idea of believing the propaganda and the spin. In other words, I don't drink the Kool-Aid. I look at the candidate's website. I see and read what their stances are on each of the issues, and then I choose who I will do it, who I will vote for. Now, if it's like the Republican Party where you have one choice, we already know that one choice's stances, that incumbent stances, and I won't take a look at it. Now, if the role's reversed and we have an incumbent president that's a Democrat, I will look at the Republican candidates. And see where they stand. And see if my vote can go over in that direction if there is a better qualified candidate to run the office. And I want you to hear that. A better qualified candidate. Now, I know during the primary season, there's a lot of push and pull and pressure to run, to not run and all that. And sometimes the better candidate doesn't make it through the primaries then you have to sit down and really soul search about who you're going to vote for, okay? But that's how I first approach it. I do not listen to the news stations. I do not read the newspapers about this, that, or the other thing. I take a look at the website of the candidate. I look and I do research. If they happen to be a senator or a representative, I look at their voting record because their voting record tells you a heck of a lot too. And then I make my choice. Now, does it matter to me if the person's a Christian or not? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. 
my my faith has nothing to do with the government. However, my faith has a lot to do with how I vote. And if I look at a candidate and I see that they pretty much will align up with what I believe, then I will vote for that candidate if they are pretty much along the same lines as I am. I am not going to vote for a candidate just because my pastor told me to. I am not going to vote for a candidate because somebody down the street says I should vote for them. I vote on the candidate because it's my vote. I vote for the candidate because I've done the research, and they best fit what I think should happen in this country. Now, I want to emphasize that word, best fit, because I'm going to be brutally honest with you. There is no candidate that is going to fit everything that I want to have happen in this country. Every candidate I have voted for, I have had a disagreement with. I have not fully supported that candidate on every single issue. And you'll be surprised at the issues I would disagree with these candidates at. You would also be more surprised to find out that the issues I disagree with with my Democratic Party, because I do identify with the Democratic Party because they best fit what I see the direction that this country is going in. Now, could I be a Republican? Yes, I could. But I just did not feel comfortable in the Republican Party. Now, here's the other shoe that I'm going to drop on you with this part. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. All I want you to do is vote. I want you to vote your conscience. I want you to vote what you think is best for this country, not what a Republican or a Democratic Party thinks. Now, there's the other shoe. I vote that way because I feel comfortable with that. If you want to vote Republican and you feel comfortable that way, great. That's fine. That's wonderful. I'm not going to hold you as an enemy. I'm going to hold you up as an American because that's what we are based on. The ideas, the differences is what makes this country strong. And if you're a Republican and you vote for Trump, Hallelujah. And I'm a Democrat and I vote for Biden. Hallelujah. Who cares? We're Americans. And as a Christian, we should be tolerant of other people's votes. Your vote is not going to condemn you to hell. I'm going to tell you that right now. God is not going to say, you voted Republican, you voted for this person, you don't get into heaven. Or he's not going to say, you voted Democratic, you voted for this person, you're going to go to hell. God doesn't work that way. No, he does not. He's going to look at you and say, you're a sinner, you didn't repent, you didn't tolerate, you're going to hell. The sins are outlined in the Bible. Gluttony, lust. Those items that we take for granted in a democratic society like ours is the where God is judging you. He's not judging you based on ideology. He's not judging you on whether or not you're a Democrat or Republican. He's judging your soul based on something more than that. Now, I as a Christian need to come to terms with how I vote. And like I said, no person is perfect. How I vote is how I vote. How you vote is how you vote. And that's fine. That's how it should be. 
We should not be judging each other based on how we vote. I, as a Christian, will do research on the candidates. I will ignore news media. I will ignore uh, ads. I will look strictly at the new at the websites of the candidates and say, "Here's this." Bap bap bap. Oh, I agree with this. I don't agree with this. I agree with this. And the candidate I agree with the most will get my vote. So some people say, Darren, you say you're a Democrat. And I go, yes, I have. And I always end up with this. There have been a couple times I have wanted to vote Republican. But the way circumstances happen made me choose Democrat. When Colin Powell was thinking about running for president, I was getting ready to cast my vote for him. He was a Republican. I knew he would be a smart Republican. I knew he was going to be a smart candidate. He was also, in my mind, better qualified than the candidates we had out there. I knew that. But then he said, I'm not going to run. I then turned my vote toward the Democratic nominee because I was not impressed with the Republican candidates. I think George W. Bush was one of those candidates that ended up being our president. And that's fine. I had no problems with George W. Bush being president. I didn't agree with him wholeheartedly. That's okay. The other candidate I really felt a good strong sense of was John McCain. John McCain, in my mind, was a better president than Barack Obama. And I was really following John McCain. He knew how to get the job done. He was a maverick. He wasn't going to stick solely with Republican ideology. And that made me feel good, too, because if you're not going to stick with Republican ideology or if you're not going to stick with Democratic ideology, hey, you got my vote immediately. And I've seen John McCain's voting record, and I have always been impressed with his voting record. And I'm sitting there at the Republican National Convention waiting to see who his vice presidential pick was, because that was going to be my deal breaker. And when he picked Sarah Palin to be his running mate, because he didn't want to be outdone by Obama if Obama was going to pick Hillary Clinton to be the running mate, and Obama did not pick Clinton then I'm sitting there going, I'm not impressed, John. You're not going to get my vote. Now, those may seem like, you know, little tidbits of something that may not amount to much to you. But those, I share those with you because I do have a habit of looking at the other candidates to see if there is somebody who is better qualified than the incumbent. If I find a better qualified person, then I will vote for that person. And I'm going to tell you this as well. It's not based on ideology. And I've said that a million times in this podcast. It's not. I am not looking for the perfect candidate because there is no way we're going to have a perfect candidate. Once we realize in our voting scheme that the candidate we have is not perfect, is not the Messiah, is not who we want them to be, then we begin to get qualified people once again in office. And let me just say one thing about the Messiah complex this nation has. We have a Messiah. His name is Jesus Christ. Any human being 
will never measure up to that. And already, I disregard any Messiah talk as total heresy. The other thing I do is, if that candidate best fits or or has a majority of my opinions and my issues at heart, I will vote for that candidate. And that is where all Christians should be. And you're not going to find one who follows the Ten Commandments to the letter. You're not going to find one who's going to be uh, a holy man coming off of Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments uh, um, and saying, I have spoken with God. That's all fine and dandy, but we are human. We sin. All of us are sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And that is where you need to start before you go into that polling booth. Because if you go in there thinking that God is only going to choose one candidate, then you have a very warped sense of how this country works on elections. God still speaks to us through every single president that has been elected in office. God still speaks to us through every single representative that has been elected to office. God still speaks to us even through the senators and so on and so forth and every elected official. How am I so sure about this? If you get a chance after this podcast, look up King Nebuchadnezzar. I'm a real big fan of King Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible because... King Nebuchadnezzar carried out one of God's punishments. King Nebuchadnezzar was not a Jew. King Nebuchadnezzar was not a humble man. He was a very vain man. King Nebuchadnezzar did not know of God. And King Nebuchadnezzar thought himself to be God. King Nebuchadnezzar was king of the Babylonian Empire, and he was the one responsible for carting away the last remnants of the Israel nation, because Israel refused to listen to God after all the prophets he sent them, after all the warnings he told them, told the people, after all the warnings he told the kings, they refused to listen to him, and and God chose King Nebuchadnezzar to carry out his will. King Nebuchadnezzar was not a Jew. King Nebuchadnezzar did not know of God. King Nebuchadnezzar thought himself to be God. I want you to understand that. And yet, King Nebuchadnezzar carried out God's will on the nation of Israel. That is how our God works. He doesn't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. He doesn't care if you're an American or Russian. He is going to choose whom he going to he's going to choose who he wants to choose. He's going to choose the most talented person to carry out his will. That sheds a whole new light on voting as a Christian. Cuz we have a hard time distinguishing what is God's will and what isn't. And we tend to think that, well, God can be happy with us if we have a Christian in office. I don't think that's the point. The point is, is does the person in office 
have compassion and caring for the nation, takes care of those around him, thinks of others and not himself or herself, and tries to do the best he can every day, and also to carry out God's will. Because God is going to work through him, whether he is a Christian, whether he is a Jew, whether he is a Muslim, whether he is a rock, whether he is a stone, whether he is a tree, God is going to use whoever is in that White House, who is ever in that seat in the House of Representatives, whoever is in that seat in the Senate, to carry out his will. And if the people in there are not willing to carry out his will, then he will make sure somebody there will. And he uses that through the power of voting. Now, if I'm voting and I'm sitting there going, am I voting against God or for God? You really don't know. But it doesn't depend on your salvation. God's not going to condemn you to hell if you happen to vote against the person that uh, is the right candidate for the job. By no means. God is quite happy with you. God loves you. How we should vote as Christians is do our research, see which candidate best fits our own personal vision of this country, and make that choice based on that information, not on nothing else. If you're just going to vote for a Republican because you think that's God's party, then you're already in the wrong against God. If you're a Democrat and you're going to vote just Democratic because you think that's where God's uh, will is because they tend to think more about the people, you're already in the wrong because that's not how God works. And if you think you know how God works, then I'm not going to judge you on that. But I want you to know this. How you vote is not dependent on your salvation. How you vote is based on your own homework your own opinion, and your own thought because you're the one that has to sleep at night. Not me, not your pastors who tell you you have to vote a certain way. No. You have to make that choice because you're the one sleeping with that decision and nobody else.